Howdy, hey, hello, welcome to Munch and Mingle, and welcome to day two of our Passion Week devotional. I'm saying our very loosely as if I am, you know, co-joining with Heidi Anderson, who really is the one who made this devotional, but if anyone knows her, I would love to get in touch with her because she's amazing. If you'd like to follow along, I will, as always, post the link where you can go and purchase and follow along for yourself. This is something I'm, I'm legit going to print it out and just have it on hand because it's fantastic. So we are on day three of our Passion Week leading up to Easter. And before we go into today, I actually came across a really, really cool verse yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, this is an honorable mention. I have to talk about this. In Matthew 21, which is so funny because that's also where we're going to be today for day three, but it's right after everything happened with the fig tree. And the disciples are saying, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just did that. But it's this verse that Jesus says to them that was like, just got me right in the heart. We are in verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Talk about like just a champion scripture. Like everyone needs to go and put that on your phone today. You need to go write it and put it on your mirror because that is an amazing promise. Christ just did this amazing thing in front of the disciples that they believed this is only something Christ could do. But Christ is telling them as he is us, you can do these things too. You've got to have faith. We'll liken that to our life. What is your mountain in front of you? What is something that you're just like, I cannot do this. I can't do it. it. It's impossible for me to do. Christ is telling you, yes, you can have the faith and we can do it together. I mean, that's in that second scripture, ask in prayer, believing you shall receive this, that your desire, your dreams, your goals, you can do them. We keep telling ourselves that we can't, but God is like, yes, you can. You have that power with the faith. Oh, I could go on and on. But that again, honorable mention, everyone go read that scripture today. Go memorize it. That's what I need to do. We're going to start memorizing that in this house. Okay. Ye shall believe. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) We're going to calm it down. Tuesday, day three. We are actually heading back to the temple. Would you believe Christ just made this whole scene yesterday in a very good way. And he's now going to go back. He's got some more teaching to do, but sure enough, who is going to meet him? The chief priest and the elders. Oh boy. And they are coming locked and loaded. Like they are ready for a showdown. They are ready to catch Jesus and prove to everyone else that he is not who he says he is. Oh, do they have it coming? Sorry, that is not good of me, but... (laughs) Verse 23, and when he was coming to the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, by what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? Jesus is the most amazing fighter, verbal fighter there is, because instead of answering his question right away, he asks them a question because he knew what they were doing. He knew that they were trying to entrap him. So he answers back with this one. I also will ask you one thing, verse 24, which if you tell me, I am likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven 
or of men. And the chief priests and elders are reasoning with themselves. And they're like, well, okay, if we answer from heaven, he will say unto us, then why did you not then believe him? If we shall say of men, we fear the people for all hold John as a prophet. So they basically just said, um, we can't tell. So then Jesus was like, neither tell I you, (laughs) which is just like, bam, that is just so good. If you're ever worried, or if you know that you're going to basically be entrapped, just ask back with a question. The priests and elders get mad. They're just so mad. They want to make a point. They have to prove that he is not who he he says he is, because if he is, then that puts them out of business, essentially. So they go back to re-strategize. They come back with an even more trapping question or questions. We go into Matthew 22, verse 15. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. They asked three different questions. Verse 17, tell us therefore what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? And then there's a big long one in verse 23. If you can't tell, we're doing a lot of scriptures today. That one essentially is about like, if a man marries a woman, he dies, does the, and the brother then takes her to wife so that he can take care of the seed of his brother. When she dies and goes to heaven in the resurrection, whose wife is she? And then, of course, the last one that we have all heard many times, what is the great commandment in the law? These are all questions that are basically and essentially trapping, which Heidi put in a very great way, how ironic you are trying to trap the word in his words. Think about that. The guy who created this, who is your creator, you're the creation, and you're thinking you can stop him. Interesting. (laughs) Likening that to our day today, we as Christians can think of many of the trapping questions that we get asked. And most of the time, you understand the motive. Now, there's a difference if it's a close family member or friend who are genuinely interested in what you have to say. You're going to probably answer very honestly, just as Christ did. Christ would answer questions all the time, but he understood the intent of it. So you would probably answer. And even if those people don't agree with you, you're still at that same level of love and compassion because you have that relationship built. But if this is like a random person on social media or someone you meet on the street because Guys, that is actually happening a lot. I see so many like street interviews. There's usually motive behind it. And even if you answer with the same honesty, if there's a motive behind it, it doesn't matter how you answer. And that's what I think Jesus is trying to show us here is basically he came back. He answered all those, especially that last one, as we all know. Again, pin this one on your hearts. Jesus said unto them, Verse 37, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. They couldn't combat that. There go them off and whatnot. But the big thing to take away is this is a big reminder to us about hypocrisy. You can't fool the Lord. He goes straight to your heart. He knows your intentions. He knows hypocrisy when he sees it. Don't try to beat God. It's not going to work. It will not end happily. Submit your will and heart to God. He is so ready to envelop you with his love. And it's such a better way of living rather than trying to beat against him and trying to think that you, you know better. I've done it before. It never works. And I'm telling you, when you truly humble yourself before the Lord, it's amazing the things that happen 
when you're working with the Lord and not against him. Okay, now we are heading to the Mount of Olives. We got to run up the hill, as Heidi said, which got the song from Kate Bush stuck in my head all morning. (laughs) We're going to run up to him because we are basically eavesdropping on an intimate conversation that he's having with the disciples. The disciples needed to ask, hey, (laughs) you're starting to talk a lot about your times coming to an end. Are we going to know like what's happening? So in Matthew 24, verse three, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? I'm right there with them. On my top three worst fears, physically being destructed is one of them, you guys. And I know some of you are like, McKenna, <laughs> but it is. It, it is. It's something that I'm just like, oh, when I pass away from this life, can it please be in my sleep? I don't want to feel it. I don't want to know it. Just let me wake up in heaven or be like twinkled in an eye. That That's how I would like to pass on from this life. That is just me. So I'm right there with these disciples like, okay, can you just give me a heads up? I do well. I do really well with more information. The less information I have, I kind of tend to spiral. That's how I work. So I'm right there like, can you give me something? Well, Christ does. Um, He does go on in the rest of Matthew 24. And there's a lot, you guys. He basically warns about take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you not be troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. And I'm like, okay, okay. So this is where I'm getting nervous. Like, am I going to die in that? And do I necessarily want to live through that? I'm feeling that. He goes on, nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated for all nations for my name's sake. And then many shall be offended and shall betray one another, shall hate one another. And it goes on. And I'm not trying to discount it. It's just like, oh boy. Okay. We have to necessarily get that bad before you come. However, Christ makes it clear. He will return. He said right there, don't be troubled. Because I will still come. I'm not just going to leave you. And the gospel is going to be spread. That's going to help. And those who are enduring and doing well will be saved. So it kind of makes my ears perk up a little bit. Like, okay, okay. So what do I have to be doing basically to be safe? Well, don't you worry, y'all. I'm going to turn the page here. We're going to Matthew 25. This is one of my favorite parables because it's the one I can like understand the most or I have been able to for the longest time. We need to live with purpose every day. If you go through the rest of 24, you're told many times you're not going to know the very hour. Even when you think it's time, it's still not that time. It's actually going to come when it's like, oh, it can't be this time. And then boom, there he is. Matthew 25, verse 29. We are going through the parable of the talents. I love it. I love it. I love it. For unto everyone that hath shall be given and he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. As most of you know, there are three servants. They are each given the certain amount of talent. Two of them go and multiply it while the third one goes and hides it. And when the master comes back, those who went and multiplied their talents receive more and to the servant who hid it and did nothing receives nothing. Don't let your gifts or blessings go to waste. Heidi put it in such a great way that I have to read it exactly how she put it. 
Our God is a good God who gives his people good gifts. He gives us the food we need to feed our family, surrounds us with loving friends, and opens windows of opportunities to exercise our strengths and share the gospel. But when we don't use these gifts for his purposes or rightly thank him for our portion, we may see our passion dim, gifts go to waste, strengths weaken, and clarity of purpose fade. And I know I do not want to have that. I don't want it to come to the last day and know, McKenna, I gave you these things. I gave you these talents, these opportunities. These were going to help you. And you were going to help your other brothers and sisters. And you didn't, you didn't use any of it. You guys know, I've said that on this podcast before, that that is a main point of this podcast to direct people back to God. And if, if that is happening, glory be to him. And I just hope that I'm using a talent that he gave to me to do that. We have all been blessed, though, with so many talents. Use them for good. Use them for God. Do not let them get buried under our worldly to-do list. If you need to get a refresh, go back and listen to my episode last week, okay? (laughs) It's a good little reset. What I want us all to do and what I'm going to start doing is at the top of my to-do list every day, because y'all know I do one, I'm going to have it like pinned right there, written in bold, no God love others, share his gospel. Those are top three MVP priorities every day. Everything else can stem from those three things. And I invite you to do that so that when the day comes, when Christ returns again, you can stand before him. Here's what I did with what you gave me. You can do that. Don't forget that scripture at the beginning of this episode, have faith, pray, and he will bless you. You will receive it. We are just getting started. We're like, we're starting to get up there, but it's, oh, there's so much more to come. I'm so happy you are here and I hope you have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.